0: Welcome to this message from Shaffal Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, <laughs> and tonight we're going to hear three testimonies of what Jesus has done. And and as we hear and as we listen, I want to encourage you to allow the Spirit to come and speak to you. Um, it's not always nice hearing stories. Um, but I know that, as they share, some of them are going to unlock certain things in your heart. Um, in revelations, it also says that we 're overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Um, and yeah, and so just I just I want to really like thank Tamna and Jacques and Marcel, um, who are going to share their, their testimonies tonight. Um, Jacques is a He's a father in our house. He's not a physical father yet, but he's trusting soon. (laughs) Um, (laughs) His wife is working very hard as a doctor, so I'm sure when she, yeah. Um, But we love you, Jacques, and um, yeah, and we really just know that God has sent you to us as a gift. They've joined us recently from Cape Town. Um, Yeah, and Panga spends a lot of time with me at my house, helping with babysitting, Um, and she is just a fireball, but with such a gentle spirit as well, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear what God is, has laid on your heart. And Marcel is just breaking ground. She's pioneering wherever she goes. She's asking, Lord, why me? Um, <laughs> but he's, he knows your name, Marcel. And yeah. And we also just thank you for, for sharing tonight. So that's, you're going to hear from me again, but you guys can come forth.
1: Okay, how are you all doing tonight? Okay, I want to invite you to um, time travel with me back eight years to 2009. Um, So my moment of salvation or the point of salvation is uh, like a Paul on the road of Damascus moment where I read this verse in Romans 8 and it just really struck my heart. Um, It says, but the person who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to Christ. Your body will always be dead because of sin. It's it's hard. Um, But uh, that when I read it, I knew it was true of me. That that was me, the the, um, the guy without the Spirit of God, the guy busy dying. So the picture that I saw um, when I asked God to show me more about this situation, this time of my life, was like a tree, uh, not planted in uh, fertile soil, not planted in, not rooted in God. Uh, like, a, like, imagine a tree busy dying. Um, that's, Almost creating bad fruit because of that, and also getting attacked by locusts um, so it's I start off this, I start off a very vicious story, but it is a vicious story um, and if I had more time I'd tell you why why I ended up there but i I, I did end up there so at the beginning of two thousand and nine um, there's a little bit of hope that pierces into the veil uh, or this situation of darkness and it's um, I lived in this um, I imagined it as a creative space, so it had white floors, white walls, white roof, and some pieces of art. I was dating an art student, um, so we both thought this is really creative. Um, <laughs> and the lady that worked um, for the lady that I stayed at, Johanna, um, Johanna and I started talking about worship for some reason. I think there was always worship was always somewhere in my heart. Um, and we talked about our favorite worship song, and I said it was Amazing Grace, and she said it's Amazing Grace as well, and she bought. Uh, one day I got home, and on my white table was this little piece of white paper that's with the words of Amazing Grace, and Johanna cut it out somewhere and left it on my table, um, thinking that we'd sing it sometime together, or I said, I can play guitar and you can sing. Um, and I ended up sticking it to my wall, and somehow those words became true of my life in that year. Um, I was in a, a strange church in Stenomash, um And they had like a, almost like we have foundations and, um, what do we call it these days? Uh, encounter. They had their own little course that I attended. And the, the second version of the course was more like spiritual disciplines. So imagine... Um, Martin Luther climbing up the stairs, praying each day, hitting himself with a whip, trying to get into the presence of God. It's more like that. Um, And luckily I had a very loving sister who when everyone else gave up on me, didn't give up on me. Um, And she would hang out with me after a while. After, so on Tuesday nights I would go to this course and on Wednesdays we would hang out, drink coffee and eat chocolate croissants and talk about God. and she really came to the end of herself, because I was impossible. Um, we, we were like a gang of shofar uh, persecutors. So we would, uh, we would really go out of our way to find fault with whatever shofar was doing. And ha- in, in stoner accents, we would say things like, shofar out, man. And <laughs> um, re- really, really make fun of habits or things that shofar people did. We were, we, yeah. God has a sense of humor, um, and we would hang out, and she prayed, and God asked God, God, what must I do with this brother of mine? Because whatever argument I bring, he has an argument back, and I, I had fairly good arguments, but I couldn't see my blind spots, but, and then God just told her, keep quiet, um, just ask him questions, and that's what she started doing, and the tactic worked beautifully, because <laughs> I started... Uh, explaining to her why she was wrong, Um, and I started explaining to her how these spiritual disciplines really make sense, and sort of drawing diagrams and pictures um, so she could understand why I was right and she was wrong. Um, And the more I started explaining, the more my eyes started opening to what I'm saying to her. I was like, whoa, this is interesting. the main thing that bugged me about the church I was in was what what is the Holy Spirit? Um, it started opening up to me that we say Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but what is the Holy Spirit? Um, and I started asking questions of the pastor. I went to the one, I went to this one evening at the spiritual disciplines, and I asked him, but but listen, pastor, what is the Holy Spirit? And he came back with this explanation of the leaves and the trees, and blah, 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 and I was like, sure that's it's weak. Um, <laughs> leaves and trees and whatever. So I so I started doing a lot of research um, online, um, just trying to understand what the Holy Spirit is. And I ended up uh, reading criticisms of the people that we were given as spiritual leaders in the church that I'm at. So I won't name names now, but I started reading what are the criticisms of these thoughts uh, or theories and it really started opening up the fact that there's a lot of um, weak arguments being fed to us and eventually I decided to go to the root of it all which was uh, the root or the start of the argument which is the Bible and started uh, reading the Bible and pieces of word or scripture like the one I just read to you, like Romans 8, I couldn't believe that it it punches so hard or delivers the message so clearly and we don't see it. Um, So somewhere along the journey, uh, the veils fell off my eyes and I could see the truth in scripture and the truth in God's word. So uh, in that moment, at the end of... um, Two thousand and nine i uh, that night I, re- I read Romans eight, I just knew it was true, and I really felt god 's presence there after which God showed me how he filled me with the Holy Spirit in that moment, but I went on my knees, prayed for forgiveness, and just started um, had a, had an encounter with God, and never wanted to turn back since um, and I think uh, the hero in the story to me is God. I'm definitely not the hero in the story. Uh, I want to thank uh, another hero in the story for me is everyone not, uh, who didn't give up on me, um, especially my sister. And I, would, I always treasure that time that she just kept on believing that I could, even I could turn. Um, so, so I want to encourage all of you and just say, if, if, and I'm, I'm totally convinced of this, if I can believe, um, anyone can believe. And if, if I could come to Christ, anyone can come to Christ. And since that, I've seen many people that I never thought would come to Christ come to Christ. So if there's anyone that you know, or anyone that you think, or anyone that you've given up on, don't give up on them. Um, because God will save them. Um, I've, I have that faith, and I just want to stir up that faith in you again tonight. Just say, God will save that, that Paul, that persecutor, that... Um, alcoholic, that um, slave master, um, and the words of amazing grace is true for all of us, and especially true for me, and, I, and I, I know it's true for more people that we don't know it yet, or who we haven't seen saved yet, but it is amazing grace, grace, and a, uh, it is a sweet sound that saves wretches like us, uh, so I want to give that glory to God tonight. Yeah.
2: So um, the last time I actually prepared something to share in public was in high school. That was like 10 years ago. So, <laughs> And I used to hate it with every fiber of my being because I used to think, oh my goodness, like I'm the mathematician, accountant, back office person, so why do I have to do this? So um, I believe that tonight is part of um, the healing process in my life. Um, and that's what I've been asked to share about um, how the Lord um, has healed me and is healing me. From anxiety and um, depression and um, f- the, the one thing the Lord um, highlighted to me as I was um, just thinking about what I should share was um, how in every single step like at every single step at every moment um, he was there like he was like to me he has been in everything and um, in every moment and he reminded me of Romans 28 Romans 8 from 28 to 29 where he says in all things, in all things, He works for the good of those who love Him, for His glory. So, in everything, like everything that I share today, He's been there. Um, so, uh, I'll begin um, from when I actually walked into the doors of Shofar last year. I was. I had just been, di- well, I've, I've, I've struggled with anxiety throughout my whole life and um, depression and fear and a whole lot of other things. But last year, um, it heightened when I was um, diagnosed with burnout, depression, and a whole lot of other stuff. And I was put on medication and I was put off work for a few weeks and I basically hit a wall. And I remember at that stage, I was at a point where I was like, I could actually even drive my car into a wall and just not care. And then when that happened, um, I walked into Shofar, thinking to myself, you know, I'm, I was, I'm, I was, I had been saved for the longest of times, and I had no one to turn to because I, I had, I had been going to a church um, in Pretoria because home is in Pretoria. That's where my family lives, but it was also like a mechanism to ensure that I'm not part of a family because if I live in Joburg and I work in Joburg. I go to church in Pretoria it means I don't really have to connect and then I hit this wall and I'm just like I actually have no one to turn to and pray with so I walked into shofa and um, I went to a small group there and um, at the small group they prayed for me and uh, I was off the antidepressants like immediately like immediately and I thought yes I'm done finally let's continue <laughs> with life let me get back to my usual routine And then um, the first thing that the Lord has highlighted for me um, during the past few months has been that um, healing is a process, because even though at that stage I had gone off the antidepressants and I was feeling okay, I've still had moments where my days would be like, I actually don't want to be here. I actually don't feel like this, or I don't want to wake up and go to work. And um, the Lord has just been showing me that in this journey of life, like it's these layers and layers to all the hurt that we we go through, through all the, like, he was like to me, "Um, the stuff that you've inherited, like the anxiety, the depression, all that stuff comes from generations to generations. And you think that you're going to, like, take a pill, just like you have flu, and you'll be immediately healed. But actually, it's a process. So he's been peeling off the layers all these years. And um, then he just, I found myself in situations where, there's been a lot of breaking that's been happening. And he says to me, there's breaking in, in the healing where he'll, he'll bring forth stuff where I thought, because sometimes, I don't know if any you know, of you experience this, but sometimes it'll be like, but I thought I had dealt with that, what's going on? <laughs> like, how am I still here? And he's like, mm you actually dealt with the surface. Now we're going da- down into the wound so that you are actually healed properly. And, um. Yeah, I think that's those situations that I've found myself in, in the most recent past. And um, God has just been reassuring me that he is greater and he is there. And a scripture that I wanted to encourage you with is in um, 2 Corinthians, Um, 2 Corinthians 4 verses 8 to 12, um, where he says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. And for me, this is what, this goes back to the first point that I made in, on how he is in everything. And he goes on to say in um, verse 10, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. So he's like to me, you carry my life. In, in it all, you carry my life. And then... They've been victories in the healing process. And I'll share a story of when, um, so Lauren and I have been trying to have coffee for the longest of time. I think this entire year, yeah, exactly. And then um, I remember when it finally happened, it happened at a time when she wanted to pray for people who were going to be in, um, in Liberty. But then she didn't know that I was actually going to Liberty. And then I happened to go on the Thursday just before Liberty, and she prayed for me. Lo and behold, if you, like we always think oh, when we pray, you know, um, a person's going to go through like, I don't know, we think it's all great. It was great, yes, but suddenly uh, the anxiety and everything just was magnified. And I was like, what? What's going on? Why can't I sleep? And then um, I, I could only get three hours of sleep a, a night. And I remember I had to go and quickly um, pick up a book from her place. And I was telling her this, and then she prayed for healing over my insomnia. And that evening, after she prayed for me, I slept for 10 hours. And I have actually been sleeping. Um, I mean, I have the sleeping patterns of a toddler because I'm like in bed by 8 a.m., by 8 p.m., and up by like 4. But um, like, I am literally getting full on proper rest. And I remember the one time at work, someone was like, You're actually not like struggling with being tired and stuff anymore. And I didn't realize this. And I was like, Oh my gosh, they're right. Like I don't feel like, oh my gosh, I want my life to like end now at work. It's um, I, I can actually go on until the end of the day. So there are victories in the in the healing process. And also, I remember just before we went to the school of um, school of prophecy, um, I got so sick. I had laryngitis. I couldn't talk. I literally thought I was going to die. Okay, maybe I'm <laughs> a bit dramatic, but there was a point where I was like maybe I should call an ambulance or drive myself to, to, to hospitals. What is going on? I, like, I just went from, I thought, okay, no, it's just a bit of flu, to worse, to worse, and I was like, mm-mm, this is death. And then, <laughs> the, fol- the following day, Lauren, just before she goes to, ch- to, to gym, literally comes, she lays hands on me for like, what, 20 seconds, literally. The following day, I went for a run. On the Saturday, I went for a run as well, and I, st- I went to the School of Prophecy, and I was perfectly, like I could talk, I could do, it, and I was just like, what, this is, like, how is this my life, I and my friends, some of my friends make a joke, they're like, come, you've been Christian for 10 years, like 10 years, and that, that shocks you, that the Lord actually can heal you physically, so I've experienced so much of victory, um, in the, in the, in the healing process, and, um, finally, there's waiting in the healing process, <laughs> and, um, uh, I remember when I was in School of Prophecy, so as well, my, I, I ran quite a bit, quite a lot, um, and I have been experiencing an injury like this entire year, and I, I, it, no one knows what, like I've seen a physio, bio, but still, even a chiropractor, and everyone's like, you, you should heal through the process, and I'm just like, what do you mean? Um, and I remember going to the School of Prophecy, and I went through the healing tunnel, and my, my knee was fine. This is a few weeks ago. So, And I've been doing like 10 kilometers, 10 kilometers, and I'm like, yes, I'm back. Then I went for a spin this last week, Tuesday, and my knee started to hurt again. So I'm just like, but Lord, I thought we had dealt with this. So <laughs> what's going on? And um, today he was highlighting to me, he was like, you know, because then he's like, um, he's also been challenging me with seeing things in the spirit. So I'm just like, okay, what does this mean in the spirit? And he just shows me my heart. I'm like, oh, okay, (laughs) I get it. (laughs) So he's just been encouraging me in that, yeah, you'll continue the running and you'll heal in the process, but you also have to wait and be okay with the wait and be okay with the process. So it doesn't mean that you need to go, now that we've healed this part, but it doesn't mean that you have to go into like 50 kilometers a week. It's okay to be doing five and five, and five, and wait on me, if I make sense. And um, there's a scripture that I wanted to share there. It's Psalm 27, verses 13 to 14, um, where he says, I remain confident in this. This is um, David, by the way. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So he's like, you will see my goodness in the wait. And wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And for me, the running is just a metaphor for, for other things that are happening in life, but he's just like, wait on the Lord. And um, just to end off, to encourage you all, um, I, I think for me, in the process of being healed from my fears, my anxiety, and the whole depression thing, the Lord has reassured me like throughout life of how he is in it all and how he provides everything that I need for life and um, how it's actually enabled me to to participate in his divine nature, like literally. And um, he says um, in 2 Peter 1 from verses 3, he says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life, everything that we need for life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. So I just want to encourage you that in the promises that the Lord has given to you in everything like in the tough times, it's just like you can participate in his divine nature. It's all there for you to come closer and closer and nearer to him and for him to move from glory, from glory, from glory to glory into Christ likeness.
3: everyone. Um, I've been asked to share on how School of Prophecy impacted my life. Um, so the stage isn't really my place. I like to be in the back and observing things from the back. <laughs> in a sense gathering information and then analyzing it and working through it. That's the way my brain works, that's the way it was created. Um, so the first time I saw the announcement for the School of Prophecy There was really a tug in my heart and I was like, wow, that looks cool. (laughs) And then my head kicked in and it's like, that's not you. Somewhere you're going to have to go up to some stranger and that's not you. (laughs) So I let that idea go. Um, And so later on in the week I was having quiet time and I was reading Psalm 1. And there's this piece about the tree... um, bearing its fruit in its season. And the Lord was saying, this is a new season. Go for it. <laughs> so I got the information I needed and I enrolled as quickly as I could so I couldn't get cold feed and back out again. But then the fears really started to grow because, I mean, standing out, going to people, minister to people. <sighs> I wanted to, but would I be able to? <laughs> And then we had this pre-school of prophecy where Lauren just wanted to give us an idea of what it was going to be about. And on the one side, it was very encouraging because you had the freedom to go and try this out and there was no judgment and you can actually just try it. And if you failed, you failed, (laughs) better luck next time. (laughs) Um, But on the other hand, there was this piece about one, two, three, Go, and you had to prophesy about over someone. And that's not the way I work. I have my quiet time, and I have to go really, really deep. <laughs> and then finally, God and I will start communicating. So this takes time for me. So I walked out of there, and the fears started accumulating. They were just growing. So that by the week before we had to go, I went to my small group and said, Guys, please pray. <laughs> this is not not going away on its own. And that evening they did pray, but the next morning there, one lady, she just sent a a scripture and it was, um, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And that to me was like a lifeline. I grabbed onto it and I held onto it and the fears started fading. So slowly things were getting better. But then the shame hit. Shame that I haven't thought of in years. You see, when I was really young, I was molested while playing at a, a friend's house. It was over time, and then you'd go there for a play date and the games would end up in something of a sexual nature in the end. So, although my mom picked up on this after a while and stopped it, that, the ugly consequences didn't stop. Things were awakened in my body that a girl less than nine years old weren't supposed to be aware of yet. But luckily God created me to be the ultimate tomboy. And so I had no interest in boys unless they wanted to go riding bikes with me, build a hideout, climb a tree, or something along those lines. So, (laughs) it was actually to the extent that when I went to my first year's camp, my mom dropped me off and I had to go check whether we were at the right venue. And as I got out and ran across the street to go check, she turns to my grand and says, this girl is never going to find a husband. (laughs) Luckily, God is gracious, And in less than two months later, I did meet my future husband. So, (laughs) he's got a sense for humor, definitely. Um, So, yeah, the other significant story in my life was um, at the end of primary school, my dad got a promotion, and so it meant that we would have to relocate from the Eastern Cape to the Western Cape, so I'd have to start high school where I didn't know anyone. Um, But the Sunday before... The new school term was going to start. Um, I, we went to church and I went to Sunday school afterwards and I got to meet this girl that was in standard six with me. Um, and so when I went to the first day of school she was there and she v- invited me into their group um, and so at least I had a group to move along during break times. But so where I had no interest in boys, That was basically all they were interested in. (laughs) And so I was also very much a bookworm, and I actually liked to do my homework most of the time. So this, we didn't really gel. But it was cool, because at least I had somebody to walk with during breaks. But so after a while, some poor kid was told to come tell me, we don't want you in our group anymore, you need to go. This hurt um, for... What was it, 13-year-old? That really is not a nice thing to have to handle. So the, the rejection hit deeply. Okay, so now you've got the background. <laughs> so back to School of Prophecy. It's the Friday evening. I am going. I'm slightly encouraged by the scripture that I'm holding on to. But, yeah, not really in the best frame of mind for this. But we're going. <laughs> And, um, we had awesome worship there. It was just phenomenal um and then we started the activation sessions and initially, it was really cool. <laughs> but then, after a while, something just shifted in me, and I just got so down and by the end of the evening, I didn't want to be there anymore i didn't <laughs> I wanted out, and I wanted to go home, and that's it um i had given this other lady a lift, so she prayed for me as we went home. But that didn't really help. That evening I slept badly. Um, Just after four the next morning, I woke up and I was given a scripture. And I started reading that repeatedly. And I kept going, kept going, kept going, until finally some glimmer of hope registered. So I started reading because I needed to give a lift to some other people. And that's probably the biggest reason why I did go back to School of Prophecy. (laughs) (laughs) So we were back at School of Prophecy. Again, the worship was awesome. And this morning, um, the one speaker, Keith, he just shared and kind of gave you an idea of how he worked, how he prophesied. and um, He started singing this song. And that song just hit me so deeply because it was just everything of my life, about where I've been on my own, but God's never been away, he's been there the whole time, where, yes, he's seen my shame, but he's washed me through and through, and he's clothed me with purity, um, where I thought I was coming to minister to other people, to learn how to minister to other people, that's not what he in mind, or that was not the main thing he had in mind. He was like, I've got a reward for you. I'm going to teach you to hear my voice. Now, like I said, for me, I have to go really deep. And I can really say this past while there's been a change. I mean, something small would happen, and I would actually get what God is saying. <sighs> so, yes, <laughs> this has been awesome. It's like a true freedom. I want to dare to say a new boldness. Um <laughs> just that he's a good father. He sees us and we are precious to him. (sighs) Even though I've heard it all my life that God sees me and it's not the same as what I've experienced this weekend. It was one on one in a whole new way. So yeah, that's my story. Thank you.
0: Um, I'm just going to quickly share something, and then I want to get back to those testimonies. Um, If you've got your Bibles with me, let's go to Luke. If you've got your Bibles with me. If you've got your Bibles with you. (laughs) Um, Luke 7 from 36, it says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and she began to wash his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and she kissed his feet and anointed him with fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner." And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, "Your sins are forgiven you. Well, your sins are forgiven." And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, "Who is this who even forgives sin?" Then he said to the woman, "Your faith has saved you. Go in peace." And I've just been, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about how God, God is really with us in every season. <laughs> you know, he he's the one that nudges us on, and he's the one that encourages us, and he's the one that talks to us, and he's the one that asks us of certain things at certain times. But, you know, it's just like the story where there's Simon, who's a Pharisee, who's a Jew, and he's got um, the laws, and he's well learned, you know, and he you know, he's doing the right thing. He's inviting Jesus to his house, and he's offering him this meal, but he's not able to actually see what Jesus actually needs. So in his heart, he thinks he's doing the right thing, you know, and his motive is really just to, to give to Jesus. Um, but, but then the woman comes in, and just think of her. She's a sinner. She's, she's known in the town, you know, for the sin and, and stuff, and, and but she's so hungry to meet with Jesus. She's she's hungry to encounter him and to give to him the little bit that she has. Um, and she she then, you know, through crying washes his feet, and she then kisses his feet, and then she anoints his feet. Um, and I just I was just thinking about how so often we we think we need to contribute something specific in a certain season based on what we have previously. You know, we think, well, my contribution to the church looks a certain way, or my contribution to God um, is, is I'm going on missions, and I'm at every intercession, and I'm this and I'm that, and I'm, I'm justified by my contribution. But God is actually just wanting to say, well, what am I asking of you in this season? and sometimes that he's going to ask you to give where you don't have anything to give and that's going to require faith but sometimes he's also going to ask you to not give because he's doing something else and then are you okay to not give you know are you okay to actually to set aside and and i just i just know at the moment there is an anointing for healing okay Emotional and physical healing. Yes, Jesus always heals, um, and yes, he always has in the past. But I'm seeing it more and more. I'm seeing people that have been saved for a few years coming to my house, and they are acknowledging pain that they've covered up, um, because they've been possibly like Simon, that has served God from a distance. They've served Jesus a nice meal, but to me, the tears of that 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 woman was. It's it's vulnerability. <laughs> Her contribution was vulnerable. Um, the the kissing was intimacy. You know, she, and, and, and what, why Jesus acknowledges those three things were, you know, his feet were dirty. He'd been walking, and he just wanted his feet to be washed. Okay, the kissing is a sign of affection. It's that I acknowledge you, um, and the anointing of the head um, are, it's a status thing. So in, in their culture, you would when someone would come and visit your house, you would anoint them, almost to say, I respect you, I anoint you. But Simon couldn't see that, you know, because there was pride in, in his heart. Um, he was thinking he was doing the right thing, but actually what God was more blessed by was this woman's brokenness, this woman's ability to face the crowds, to face the shame, um, to the face the judgment of whoever, and actually just give the little bit. But and she wasn't doing it because she knew Jesus was going to forgive her of the sin. You know, that was in itself sort of heresy that Jesus was, she was just doing it because she saw something in Jesus and she was like, I want to give my best to you. And I just feel like God tonight wants to break guilt of people that feel I can't contribute what she's contributing. You know, my contribution looks different to what, she, what her contribution looks like. And I've been saying to God, especially in this time with a three-month-old and a 22-month-old, I've been saying, God, I know I have a lot to give, but my capacity is so limited. You know, I, I, I'm first and foremost present with my children. I'm first and foremost present at home. I want to see the kingdom at home. I want to see them flourish. But there's this need around me. You know, there's this, this open, and I've said, God, my house is open, and therefore, if my house is open, then people are going to (laughs) come, you know, and they're going to encounter God, and I'm having to start to source grace and water and life from wells that I dug 10 years ago, because I, at the moment, am not, I don't have two hours to spend with God every day. I'm literally in the shower for 10 minutes, or when Caleb's you know, sleeping, and Benjamin's playing outside, I'm just like, Lydia, I'm just going to have 30 minutes quiet time, and then, you know, and it's just, but, but I just, I want to release you. If God is calling you in the business world, and you are busy at work, and at the moment, obedience looks like excellence to your boss, and so you can't be at every church event, that's okay. <laughs> if God is a platform for you, and you are studying, or you have something specific where you are investing in or, or God, you know. I just think of Simone, who, who is so busy with changing the the creative space and changing the world, but she can't be at every birthday party because she, you know, trains, you know, or practices until late at night, and she just needs sleep. You know, but we we cannot please man. We cannot please people in the season that you're in. All God is asking of you is to say, what What is it that you can give me? What is what is it that is precious and to you right now? What is that thing that is special? That fragrant oil, Um, and God is okay with that. Um, And so I want us to I want the band to come up, and it's just just something simple that I had to share. But it just ties in with the testimonies as well. Is you know maybe God is actually calling you to to step up at the moment. Maybe he's asking you to, to give of yourself more than what you feel you are able to give. You know, to be a part of, you know, you see them dancing in front, and God is asking you, will you dance for me? You're like, God, that is, that is way beyond me. I will not be able to do that. But then there's going to be grace to do that. Or maybe you're so used to being in the front, or you're so used to people acknowledging you because you, you are good at contributing a certain thing, and God's saying, I want you to let go of that. I want you to stop contributing because at the moment there's an anointing for your healing. And before I can take you to the next level of glory in giving what it is, the gift that I have to give to you, I need to heal this part of your heart. And that means a time of separation. That means a time of you come to me and you allow, as time's going now, um, their dreams and their visions and this purpose but what is God doing now? You know, what is the season for your heart now? And that's okay. You cannot compare what you have to contribute to society, to the church, to God, to the person next to you, because their obedience is different. You know, obedience to them looks different, <laughs> you know, to what obedience looks like to you. And so just as we, as we stand, I I just want to leave time, the last 15 minutes, just for ministry, where, you know, maybe in that, just in that scripture, you know, Simon, it says he, he said to himself. <laughs> so he wasn't even talking out loud, it was a thought. But Jesus had a word of knowledge of what he was thinking. In his head, he thought, you know, if, if Jesus actually was a prophet, he would know who is this woman. And Jesus is gracious towards him. <laughs> And just says and, and asks him that question you know what is what is actually more important or well, you know asks him tells him about the parable about the creditor that has the you know the the two people that owe him, so that Simon can actually understand that we need forgiveness <laughs> we need we need to allow Jesus to come and be the Savior in our life before we feel like we can actually contribute anything. Because everything that we have to contribute and give to Jesus is from His hand first and foremost. You know, and so just like Jacques, who I'm sure Jacques will say there was a bit of a pride in his heart, you know, to say, well, I've got the answers. You know, I know But how gracious was Jesus towards Jacques? <laughs> you know, he set someone across his path to pray for him and to speak and listen to him. I'm sure your sister represented Jesus to, him, to a certain degree. You know, that Jesus will not give up. You know, Jesus will, will be there to ask the questions, but he will win over your heart. You know, and, and just, just that the testimony of healing is that so often we, we want to, there was just that vision in intercession as well. It's like before we want to come into the house of God, we want to wash ourselves clean. <laughs> And God's like, No, come, let me wash you clean. <laughs> yeah, and we disqualify ourselves to to be the person that speaks in the front or to do the offering or to minister to someone at work because I need to first get get myself sorted. You know, I first need to to work out things inside of and God is like, No. <laughs> if your contribution is from humility and is if what you give is is like the the son, that boy that gave his bread and fish, if it's given in faith, then it is beautiful and I will use it. And so God is just, I've just felt specifically tonight that there are people that you, you disqualify yourself because your pain overrides your ability to give. The pain of the past and the things that you've been exposed to. But tonight God is saying, I want to come and touch you. I want to release you and I want to say to you, you are qualified because of the blood of Jesus, okay? This is a word for someone here, and many of you that you are hiding in the back like, like Marcel was. You've justified and said, I'm an analytical type. I, that is not for me. But God is just saying, actually, I just want you to obey. So if, if obedience means you go to the front and you face all your fears, then, then I will be with you in that moment. And so I just want to call three groups forward and I want us to pray. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like there's, um, there's just a place to come and, and allow God to give you a blank canvas tonight, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> you look at your picture and it looks messy or you look at what you have, and it doesn't make sense. And, and I feel like God is saying, I want to give you a blank canvas tonight. I want to allow you to come and paint with me. And I, in this week, I, I when I spend time with Benjamin, we play and we swing and we do things, but I, I also, I just enjoy getting creative with him. And so I had this idea, I bought this finger paint and there's a yellow and a green and a red and a blue and um, I put a table outside and a piece of paper and I had a nice bowl there and I was thinking, okay, we'll stick our one finger in the red and then we'll paint and then we'll wash our fingers and then we'll go to the blue and then, you know, and I turned my back for a moment and all fingers were in the red and then they'd gone straight into the blue and it was just a mess. But it was just so beautiful to me because I was doing it with him, you know, and he was doing it with me. And in a sense, his contribution was messy. And I feel like God is saying it's okay if what you give him is messy <laughs> because it's with him, you know. And, and Benjamin then washed his hands and he ran away and I was left cleaning up. <laughs> and I feel like God is saying tonight he's going to clean up your mess. You know, he's, he's there. You know, when you just say, God, you just say, Mama, yes, I'm willing to paint with you. <laughs> And you just say papa, abba, I want to paint with you. And then I can run off. And so tonight I'm I want if you need if you are in a place of emotional brokenness and you feel like you're unable to see because of your pain, there's a pool of Bethesda where Jesus is saying, "Do you want to be healed? Do you want to get well?" You don't have to wait until an angel puts you in the water because Jesus says be healed okay and so if you if you are in that space I want you to come to the right okay I want you to if you feel you just need a breakthrough in terms of emotional healing yes it is a process as time says but there's a place of coming to anoint hands and put our faith with you for that healing and I've I was just reading someone's blog this week that God is saying there's also anointing at the moment to try one last time. If you have tried something before and you feel like, but Lauren, I've tried that before. It doesn't work. Tonight, I believe God will meet you if you come with your last mustard seed of faith. Of that emotional healing. If you, um, yeah, if you are here tonight and, and you actually don't know Jesus, and you were listening to that salvation testimony and you were going, well, I'm also the one that argues against the gospel or, or Lauren, I need to clear my con- myself up before I can actually give God my heart because my contribution is giving him my heart. Then I want you to raise your hand. Is there anyone here that you haven't actually made a commitment to Jesus or you have in the past, but you've fallen away and you just, you just feel through these testimonies tonight, God is calling you. He's tugging on your heart. He's saying, I want you to come back. Is there anyone here? There's an appointed time for salvation. There's a place where God comes and he meets you. And lastly, I, I want to invite the group that, just like myself, shared about her hear, hearing God's voice. <laughs> if you if you feel like you struggle to hear God's voice, and you you want to to grow in that area, you want to grow in boldness, um, yeah, then we want to lay hands, we want to anoint you, and just trust that the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you, that you will be free to share the gospel, the idea of sharing the gospel with someone freaks you out <laughs> and that's okay but tonight come and receive the power of the Holy Spirit Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good For more information and sermons please visit our website at that charger